Welcome, friends, to an episode of Sketchy Ideas, the live point counterpoint video podcast where we illustrate, debate, and generally chat about concepts surrounding leadership, personal development, business, and end of year predictions, reflections, the benefits of hot cocoa with or without marshmallows in a way that may make you think twice before you implement that holiday recipe you just found on the internet. Welcome. I'm one of your hosts, Michael Rampola. And I am Brad James. <laughs> and this week, we're doing a very special holiday episode of Sketchy Ideas, Reflections and Predictions, a board side chat. We're warming ourselves by the fire. Thank you, producer Elizabeth, for getting that uh, Yule Law going for us. We're going to talk about what we learned this year, what we think is coming up next year, and uh, just have a nice, just a nice end of year chat by the fire with, I don't know, I, I have cocoa, Brad, did you, did you bring a, an appropriate beverage? I, I just have my warm coffee that I always have. That'll do, that'll do. Uh, before we get any further though, we should probably- This isn't a, since this is a family appropriate show, I decided to leave the other, yes. you know, Yes, this is a very, this is a an untypical, an atypically neutral cup of cocoa. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's, it's and, and no, no just Christmas cigars or anything along those lines. So no, no, not not till later. Um, but but first, we should probably say something nice about our sponsors. Brad, do you want to go first? Sure. Uh, it's the end of the year. Um, I guess for me, I I would say if you're looking for a good partner and somebody to be thankful for, I. I qualify Cream City Marketing as somebody we are very thankful for um, in helping to make this thing happen uh, every single week. Um, great partner, good people. If you're looking for quality partners in building your business, specifically in marketing, reach out to Erin at creamcitymarketing.com. Grab a cup of coffee with her and you'll be very thankful you did. Very nice. Uh, we are also very thankful for Spirity for powering sketchy ideas every week. Uh, Spirity is uh, very thankful for all of our clients, all of our members as well. Uh, we had a, a great uh, end of the year uh, closeout here where we added a lot of new members. We're excited to bring them into the family and to help them grow and scale their businesses. And we're excited to help you do the same. So reach out to us at spirity.com to learn more. Um, and myself or uh, one of our assistants will get back to you in the new year as I'm also very fortunate that um, I'm with a company that actually closes down for a couple of weeks. So um, this is, this is a, a break in my break and I'm glad to be here to, uh, to have this chat with you, Brad and uh, Elizabeth, thanks for being here to, to support us. And um, yeah, it's been a good year. It's been a good year. Spirit is thankful for the good year and we hope that you've had a good year as well. There you go. Mm -hmm. so, so Brad, uh, what do you think? <laughs> What's, what's on your mind? Um, I, I think this is a, this is a year where, where people who um, we've worked with, it's been, it's been learned a lot this year. Um, have really found time to, to, I'm still going through my whole reflection thing. So just so you're aware, at the end of the year, friends, I, I really try to 
take a few days and figure some things out and look back at the year and go, hey, uh, what were the really good things that, I, that I'm extremely grateful for? Um, what are the positives? And then, of course, yes, I, I do reflections on things that didn't go well. Um, but towards the end of the year, I try to stay really positive going into the next year when we've, when we've ran our goals. Um, as I think as much as we, we can take so much time to look at all the things we can improve upon, uh, I think a lot more people struggle to practice the law of winning and just practice some good old gratitude in the end. So I think that that's what um, this time of year is about specifically for me. Uh, I don't know about you. I know you had a, you had a very good ending of your year. And so um, I, I'm, I'm, I know that going into next year, this, this was an interesting year as we came out of this weird COVID thing. And yeah. We're going to head right back into it. You say out as if we're, as if that's, that's all past tense now. I mean, and it's, it's been challenging because I remember as we turned 2020 to 2021, which seems both like yesterday and, and ages ago, um, a big everybody, you know, collective sigh of relief of, oh, great, that year is behind us. And I, I kind of laughed and joked at the time. It's like, you know, it's just one day later, not 365, right? Like, it's not, we just, we didn't right. jump forward in time. And here we are, you know, doing it again. And it's, oh, great, that year's behind us but it's one day behind us. And again, we're, um, I think we said some variation on, you know, there are some things that won't come back. And I think if you had any doubts about that, we've had another 12 months since then of that stuff's not coming back. Um, or if it is, it's, it's farther off in the future for its return than I think we originally estimated. And I think that's just something to keep yeah. in mind because if you, if you looked at things again as a, okay, good. Now here's the shift. Things are happening. Things are coming along. Um, and that hasn't happened. I mean, your timeline is just too, right. And, uh, and all of those, those get ready things, it might still be, you know, sitting in ready mode and, and haven't been launched and deployed yet, which is challenging for an right. individual or a business. Yeah. And, and I guess, and, and we can, we can talk about that a lot. And, and I think next year, uh, in the first quarter, we'll probably, we'll have to dive deep into it. Um, I really want to, you know, spend some time with you and figure out, you know, really diving into all this data that's coming out. Yeah. Um, I think it would be a good thing as a business owner. If there's one thing you at least need to learn to be aware of is at least the data, uh, not necessarily the interpretations of the data, but at least be aware of the data so that you can make your own judgments of like how you need to move forward in your business um, because it's going to be different for everybody. I mean, that's, that's just the truth. Um, there is no one size fits all for this world that we're moving in, uh, especially with, I mean, the last, the last, what'd we do six episodes on crypto and the metaverse right. and, or we do five. I don't know. Um, how many Elizabeth, raise your hand. How many? Five, five, five episodes. So, uh, between that, between supply chain stuff, between uh, what's happening uh, in policy shifts that are happening, uh, specifically here in the U.S., but not only in the U.S., but worldwide, um, we are truly a globalized economy now. If you look at how the world works, yeah. um, 
But not only that, but looking at where innovation and technology is going, right? Right. So uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of, there are a lot of people who are not a fan of space travel. I'm a big fan of space travel because it actually pushes the boundary and actually you, forces you, us to challenge. Like, like how big a fan? Are we, have you like, are we, have we booked a ticket yet? Like when you say big <laughs> fan list. of space it's on, travel. It's on the bucket list. It's on, on the, the bucket, bucket list. list. Nice. Nice. But I, I think, I think for, for all of the, the, for all the things the talking heads say, and what I mean by talking heads are um, when you look at large media, big media across the board, everybody's got something to say, and it's typically backed by some sort of agenda that's at a larger scale. And so I don't really pay attention to that stuff, no. but like looking at the technology that comes out of things of like space travel, oh, right? right? Like absolutely. The a things lot of we had stuff, to develop like this in order thing? to do that, yeah. that now is consumer grade. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, so like, I'm interested to see what happens next year with the whole plan to get to Mars and all that stuff. Um, I'm interested to see what happens in renewable energy and energy that's happening right now, just because yeah. demands uh, because of crypto have increased. Right. Um, I'm interested to see in what happens with monetary policy just in general, because yeah, I think next year at this time, People are going to have to have, uh, I mean, and it's why we did it, right? There's going to have to be some adjustment for people to approach how they're managing cash flow, how they're dealing with payment systems, how they're yeah. managing their own personal money. Um, and there's the shift is here, right? Like it's happening before your eyes. Mm -hmm. And that's where I'm saying the, being aware of the data is, is an important part for people so that you can make the best judgment calls for yourself rather than just following what everybody else is saying, including us, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Don't, I know, don't I know. just blindly follow what we're saying. I, I know I don't. No. Yeah. Always, always research it. That's why we call this show sketchy ideas. Um, and, and we, and we blitz through topics in 30 minutes or less or more, right. depending on the day. But uh, my prediction for next year, I mean, cryptocurrency is going to be an important part of where people's businesses go. Yeah. Um, I think you're going to start, especially in this remote world, the, the age of paper checks for payment are on their way out. Yep. Uh, if you're still getting those, I would imagine that give it two years and that's gone. Um, I look at, I look at uh, something that's happening right now in, in the world of delivery and food. Um, I don't know if you've been paying attention to that, but there's really been a lot of pushback on on uber eats doordash like all of those large companies yeah. uh because of the impact they have had on small business over covid like the, the margins and everything else that's happening yeah, sure. yeah there's a huge right. there's a bunch of stats out there so if you're running a small business and doing delivery stuff you know we're, we're now at a point where um you're probably going to start having to figure out how to how to have a fleet or at least a vehicle to do deliveries because Otherwise, those companies, those larger companies are going to start finding ways to pull more margin out of the thing, which is really where the pushback comes from, um, especially with COVID when people aren't eating out. Right. Yeah. So speaking of things that, that aren't going to go back to the way that they were, right? Red, yeah. Restaurant yeah. food in general across the board, whether it's dine-in, takeout, et cetera, um, 
I mean, the, the worker shortage hit everybody, hit restaurants first, and that hasn't shifted Ooh. back. And I don't know that it will. So oh. restaurants have to adjust their model. Um, so many restaurants are doing delivery that didn't before. And so many consumers have said, I hope this sticks around. And in a lot of cases, it will. And you're right, those larger operations can run at scale. And if you can't run at scale or, or improve your own margins, you're going to be right. getting left behind. I just, you know, another article local saying, you know, here's the restaurants we lost in 2021. And some of them, I didn't say specifics, but I was, I'm speculating that were caught in, up either in the worker shortage and or um, the, the delivery markets. And so- they were, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, like I've got friends, you've got friends who run the restaurants and some of them have just gotten out because they say it's not right. worth it anymore. Right. Yeah, so, it used, so, used to be a, Used to be a, a tough industry, but uh, you could make it happen. You could make it work. You could you could figure it out yeah. if you if you if you had the savvy and you you had a great product or a great experience. And now even those things don't don't necessarily guarantee anything. Not that they guarantee, but those things are are nowhere near enough. Yeah, and it's interesting. You're talking about supply chain. Um, we we had a we had a chance to see Santa, and uh, Santa was very wise. Um, you know, after hearing uh, the boys' uh, requests, he said, "We'll see what we can do." Like flat, like like with a smile and very genuine. But he literally said, "We'll see what we can do." And we both said, "Mama and Donna said, it's a really good answer because that's about as accurate as Santa can be these days." I mean, it's we'll see what we can do because even even Santa and the elves are challenged with supply chain. It's, I mean, all it's it is literally a global issue and. I again a thing that I don't know is going to shift back anytime soon when when commodity markets are flipped on their heads and um, transportation and logistic businesses are upside down and or underwater uh, metaphorically in most cases um, <laughs> you got you got to figure out something different and that's it I mean think about just think about the trucking industry it's 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 a simple one relatively speaking but it's gotten ever more complex and the margins are all out the window and the the staffing driver shortage is is now at a, at a peak and we're going to have to figure out something different we can't just go back to let's get that up and going again which right reminds me of back in the days when when you know the the the, the politician calling card was creating jobs and every time I heard somebody say, I'm going to create a job, I just like blocked because I knew that A, there's no such thing um, because there's, you can shift where the work is happening and, and how it's being done, but you can't net create jobs in most cases because there's almost always, and has been for decades now, more workers than available. No, sorry. More open positions than available workers. You don't need to create jobs. Correct. That's Correct. missing the point. Speaking of the data, you're missing the point. Sounds like a really good... Yep rallying cry but that's not how it works and i think there's just a lot of things where people are saying let's get back to and i gotta find the kindest way possible to say that thing's dead but i i, I don't know sorry that i'm feeling like ghost of christmas past now like i it's <laughs> thank you um you are yeah you are being a little bit of a ghost of christmas past here i am but Mr., I, Mr., I, I, uh, I, I, Marley, right Marley? I, right jacob marley you got it 
here's the challenge. I don't, I, I want to be the ghost of Christmas future and say, here's in the good version, right? Like, here's a beautiful future possible ahead of us. But the only way to do that is to lay to rest some of our old ways. And I get it because those, that's hard to do. It is hard to lay to rest things that were great once and that we have both nostalgia and, you know, memories of success from. And at the same time, if those things aren't coming back, we're, we're not doing ourselves a service by trying to revive them. Right. That was yep. reflection yeah. prediction. I, I also, I mean, I also think that, that though some of those, like when talking about, and if we're going to stick on the topic of jobs and work, I, I also think that there has to be a shift in where uh, people are going to find work, right? Like what they're going to do, because you, yeah. you've got this, this dichotomy of things and there's a lot of sexy jobs out there. Um, but there's also been this, this rise in people who, who all like, the way education has gone, it doesn't help actually make things move forward, right? Which is a whole right. different other topic. But like the fact that there's shortages in some of those truck drivers, welder, right? The skilled work, quote unquote, and yeah. that's where right. a lot of the shortages are being seen right now. Um, in dissecting why that is and looking back, and that's a long-term thing where the pendulum has slowly been swinging. Um, and I think that that's, that's, something that will have to be, get changed. Like you said, the shifting of where the worker work is. Yeah. Uh, either that or, or we're going to have, I mean, people are going to have to get to the point where they get over the fact that robots need to be like become a significant yeah. part of, of daily life. Right. It's just going to have to happen. Yep. Um, which is fine too. Right. I mean, that's, there's been plenty of studies about why robotics and automation actually is the path to actually make this whole thing work. And it's not gonna get rid of jobs because now you have to just train people on how to program, repair, maintain right. the machine. Right. It's just a shift in the work, the different type of work. Um, which again, you know, for me in, in the crypto space is something that we're trying to focus on where how can we level up people who used to be in some of these skilled positions, either in factories or otherwise, and train them to level up in a slightly higher technical role, even though it's still very uh, manual labor-esque, right? right? It's just now right. you're dealing with computers and, and chips and boards and technology rather than dealing with assembling, a, I don't know, <laughs> I don't have anything here. You, but you get my point. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think it's interesting because, so I think what's, okay, so it's, I've, I've got this theory working theory i call it the law of okay. conservation of jobs it's like law of conservation of energy you can't create or destroy you just change their change their makeup or change their mode or change their configuration right but at the end of the day okay. net evens stevens um what that means is and I, i've seen some some uh some clients that i'm working with look at it differently it used to be we need one whole person to do seven you know things smashed together and that was how we hired. We hired for we've got enough work for one person. Instead of saying I've got enough work for a seventh of a of a specialist, and shifting your thinking from how many people do I need to how many specialists can I work with, right? And parsing it out differently. It's it's the same pieces of work. It's just 
right? Separate, you know, microing each. It's like micro learning, right? Take the big learning, turn down smaller things. Take the big job, turn down to smaller jobs, and now those micros are easier to fill because I can fill three micros probably easier than I can fill one macro. I but there's also them. a challenge with that, right? But there's also a challenge with that because that's where you and I've talked a lot about entrepreneurship, business, all that other stuff. Right. And those skills, this is where the education part comes in, right? Like yep. if I need a welder, I don't need a welder full time. I need a welder for a subset of time. Right. And so we're not, don't want this. In schools, the way the system is built is not teaching people to have uh, cross-disciplinary skills, right? Those, right? those skills that can apply across different roles and positions. Right. And, and I know like with B-Pods, that's one of the things we're focused on. Um, I actually, we've got somebody in the crypto world who's trying to set up a, a call with us, who's trying to teach crypto and blockchain in schools at a younger age so that nice. it's an understanding. But things like, um, I don't know about you, but I had, I had a life skills class in high school. I don't know if you had yeah, that. That sounds at really the time. cool. No, I'm a little bit jealous. Let me put it to you this way. No, 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 no. Like, okay. like it wasn't, it was poorly designed, right? Like okay. the, the concept around it good, is good really theory. good. Yeah. But, but the deployment and the execution, not so much, right? Like things that are missing that really need to be taught either by parents or outside of schools or in schools have to deal with like in high school, hey, Teach me a little bit about finance, right? I, I don't know many people who exited high school as an adult, right? As an adult who knew at least old school term, how to balance their checkbook. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right. That's, I get that, those like, life skills. Like, how, how, yeah. how money works, right? How to, how to make like, a budget, how to go grocery yeah. shopping for the week. Like we're now past the evolution of having to teach facts, definitions, you know, science definitions in biology or, or historical facts and figures. No, because we can just right. access this stuff here. So we need to be working on how to train people or teach people to problem solve, manage projects, manage budgets, and, and understand how they learn best. And like, those are things that, that, uh, through B-Pods, that's like one of the big things we try to do, right? It's, it's, it's not like you and I growing up, we had to fill out sheets and like our tests were define this. What does this thing mean, right? Like we don't, I don't know if we need that stuff as much anymore. It's still important. Definitions are still important. Right. But I don't think the education system has moved to a point where we're teaching these cross-platform skills that actually right. can apply to doing many things. So when I need it's, to go out and find seven specialists little, to fill that role, right, right. I'm not struggling with people who, who are like, well, I need a full-time gig, right? Like this right. has to shift so people understand, no, I, this is where the self-employment aspect of things, right? Where, yep. This is where the reversion back to what it was actually is happening. This is a cycle in history coming up again mm -hmm. where people now have to figure out how to make money on their own right. without having a quote unquote job right. that is nine to five. Get rid of that one too. Nine to five is going away Never heard of it. because we're now in a global economy. Right. <laughs> and right. these are all things that the first thing that has to happen is this acceptance of it. 
Correct. You're absolutely right. And there's, you know, it's funny, uh, you touched on like three or four different things. So the last thing there is the, sorry. no, it's <laughs> great. I'm sorry that I'm covering lots of things at once. That's what we do here. Let's just be honest. Um, no, I just, I'm trying to figure out which one to pick up next. Let me pick up the last part first, which is, right, like there's a bunch of terms that I think are all really, I mean, entrepreneur, self-employed, I, you know, I am my own boss, I, a, a startup, which is a, don't get me going. Like all of those things really just mean I've learned how to use my specialty to make money, right? To support self and or family. It's call it different things in different eras, speaking of cycles and kind of things coming around, right? Yep. But yep. It's interesting because like looking back, and I think I might've told part of this story before, like my dad is self-taught. He, when he went to school, there was no such thing as computer science or IT. That's yep. what he loved to do. Yep. He dropped out, taught himself and it had a, made a beautiful career out of it. And it, most of the time was either some version of, of self-employed consulting and or, you know, working through a third party on a, on a gig, right? All those are the same right. thing. And I never realized that that was like not unusual, like that all yeah. those are different versions of what some might call entrepreneurship or startup or consulting or whatever. And then here I am kind of, you know, when I started my consulting business, I'm like, oh, that's a thing. Like, cause it just seems so, yeah. so de facto to oh. me, but for a lot of people, it's not. That's the whole entrepreneurship, right? It's entrepreneur versus solopreneur. Solopreneur is just self-employed. Right. Like they're they're right. one and the same. It's just one, it sounds sexier because we've right. romanticized the entrepreneurial journey, which if, hey, if, if you're not a business owner, like it's not that sexy, I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to archive the next three comments that just floated through my brain. Um, so we pull back a different idea, which is, like the, the idea of being well-rounded, right? Used to be a valuable, used to be seen as yeah. a valuable approach to the work world and just success in general. Yeah. And I don't know that it ever was, but I guess they take it back. I think for a time it was. I think there was a time mm -hmm. when employing well-rounded people was good enough, if not actually a, way, a means to success. And the, you know, uh, you know, put your nose down and work hard and you'll get noticed and you'll, you'll get ahead was a way that people advanced. And I just... I think the number of places where that is still true is dwindling quickly, if not, you know, very tiny oh, yeah. and finite. And I think the different yeah. way to look at it, again, like if I take well-rounded as one employee or one job and I split up into its parts, that's how you find people because people fit those little tiny wedges. So it's the difference between being well-rounded and being a deep specialist who can come in, do the thing right. and get out of there. And an, an organization yeah. that knows how to use, how to identify the need for you know, locate and utilize a specialist is the one that's going to get ahead because they don't have to worry about, do I have payroll to hire somebody for the next year when all I need to solve yeah. is this little problem right here? Right. Yep. So, yeah. so that brings up an interesting fact. There's a, uh, if you look at how people are growing their businesses, right? Like, yep. Um, and I, where did I hear this? I can't recall. Can't recall what podcast I was listening to on my travels this weekend. Um, but the premise of, like we see, we see highly successful people and their core business is, is very specific and they become the person or, you know, the guy or the girl or the, yep. you know, in whatever it is. Um, yep. But then once they become that, then there's this transference of trust that ends up happening. And now people are asking questions about everything else too, because they've right. already shown 
that they can do this one thing really well. Yes. And so now there's this transference of trust to everything else. And, and it's that whole tribalism aspect of it that I think we're beginning to see more of, and it's going to continue to happen. And this is why, again, if you're trying to build a corporate branded business versus a personal branded business, the paths are going to become extremely different. And one is going to be very yeah. fast on the front end. Uh, but understand right. that when you try to shift it to that corporate model on the back end, that's going to be the transition. Whereas if you go the corporate model, it's going to grow very slowly, but you don't have to go through the transition on the back end like you do with right. the personal branded stuff. So right. there's going to be very, there's, there's two paths that are becoming very clear for how people run their businesses and their specialties right. that you're going to have to pick one or the other. And, and to when you, when people start jumping back and forth between the two is when they're going to end up with trouble okay. and they're going to be very defined as to what they are. No so kidding. that's, there's a prediction. I think that's, that's an episode that's somewhere in there next year. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Let's <clears throat> add it to the list. Um, and the other thing that you've dropped in there, which was, which is, we used to teach facts and you're absolutely right. I mean, I, that was most of my, at least high school through high school was, yep. the gener you know, generally learning, memorizing some bit of applying, right. Showing I got it. Yeah. But I think there's yeah. a, it is increasingly the case that because, and that was needed because data and facts weren't readily accessible. Now that they are, right? We didn't, yeah. we didn't have yeah. it. We didn't have it. It wasn't like, you know, I remember looking something up. Elizabeth, I mean, that was a Elizabeth, big freaking deal. Did, did you hear this? Did you hear that? We didn't have that. Have it. I remember like going to the computer lab was a big deal in high school when we were going to, you got like one day to do online research. It was mostly through databases. Yeah. There's no, there was no like just ubiquitous information out there was you're going to legitimate, you know, like library sponsored databases. Now, because data and facts are easily accessible, if we don't shift the teaching model and teach people how to learn instead of just teaching and teach how to learn to apply it later, it's teaching for understanding of concepts, teaching for understanding of principles instead of teaching for memorization of data. And I'm not the first person to say this. I'm not trying to say, I'm not trying to break any news here. It's now let's take that to business and how many businesses are designing their hiring and their training practices still around. Do they know it already? Doesn't matter. You can teach it. Right. When, yeah. I, I remember when I worked in hotels, I said, I can't teach nice. I hire for nice and I teach everything else. Uh -huh. Right. So identify what's what's can't teach necessary in the people you're hiring and recognize that you can shift your resources to teaching them all the other stuff much more easily. If we pick up on this wave of transferable, of, of deep specialty and transferable skills, you will find much greater success in your hiring challenges, prediction, I believe, if you can identify the, the thing you can't teach that you need from the get-go and hire for that part and put good, robust resources, not even necessarily training, just make sure the information people need to do their jobs is easy to get to. And that makes their job mm -hmm. so much easier. It makes your job as an employer so much easier. And it makes your accuracy and success and process is so much more likely. All right. I'm yes. off. I gotta get off that box. I'm sorry. That was a little, it was more than prediction. <laughs> that was, I was rallying. I gotta. My prediction is that Michael will go on 10 soapboxes next year, minimum. In the first month? I mean, like, what do we, like, give me a timeline. Let me, let me do one other thing for prediction. I know we're at time. But, um, and I might have said this last week or week before, in the past, 
as you know, doing what we do to help businesses grow and scale, we have done our best to tell business owners what to know, what to look at, what to what they can expect out into the future. We used yep. to be pretty good at nine to 12 months out. We are now, we're saying our predictions are only really confident for 90 days. Now, we've always had a 90-day planning right. cycle, and that's always been a good idea, and it remains a good idea for yep. our business. And it's, we're really pulling back on all of our long-term predictions outside of the you know core business principles, economic predictions, predictions on trends, predictions on global stuff, all of that, we're really scaling back because just, it's not even that our predictions are right or wrong, it's just our, our confidence in their accuracy, the timeline on our confidence is tighter. And I think that is a trend, is an important trend for every business to recognize. If you don't already do short-term planning in, you know, in the framework of a long-term vision, if you're not scaling your plans to 30, 60, and 90 days max, right. you're, you're not recognizing the biggest trend, I think, which is that the trends are shifting more rapidly than ever before. Change and change cycles are increasingly on tighter timelines. And if you're not tightening up your planning timelines to match, you're going to get caught either behind or from behind, depending. Yes. Yeah, okay, I, guess I agree. I, I also think that, that that needs to, if you're if you're an executive at a larger company, keep that in mind, right? Like your yeah. challenges moving a barge is way harder than moving a little tugboat. Right, so, right. Um, I, 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 I'm right there with you. I, I think, you know, on top of that, if, if you're looking at how that works and how that looks for your business, you have to really take into account, how are you moving people inside of your company? Yeah. Like in moving them, moving them doesn't mean like physically moving them, but, um, what tools are you using to communicate at scale quickly and who is owning, like monitoring that stuff, right? There are so many, so many companies right now that don't have somebody who's in charge of their IT. And IT just doesn't mean network infrastructure. IT can mean managing the data, managing the tools that are used, making sure people know how they're used, making sure that when people get on board, you're not, you're not, you're picking tools that don't need extra training, right? Like that's right. right. Like which ones are intuitive versus which ones need are like pulling teeth to get people to use just because people are like, I don't want to learn this. So yep. we're That's dealing in, in a, in a world where, where people are no longer in offices all the time, right. where they have to learn tools. You better make sure the tools are easy to pick up. Or if they're not, there's at least part of the culture is, is self-learning and self-educating on how to use the tools, right. which then means showing them where that information can be or how to find it. Yeah, I mean- which, which could involve changing, you know, just changing the way you think about learning on the job, where again, learning on the yeah. job is less about learning how to and learning where to find and, and how, to, how to access as, a, as opposed to having to memorize, you know, memorize uh, formulas and memorize data and memorize tables. Right. And over time you'll get there, but figure out what's core and necessary for success and put everything else in a position yeah. where it's easily, you know, uh, pulled up, accessed. And understanding that learning, when people are learning, they're going to make mistakes. Right. Right. And, and, and setting people up for success in, like you said, having a culture around learning from mistakes yeah. and not, and not 
hoping they figure it out faster, but instead actually putting time and effort into the learning from doing instead of just the learning to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Any other, so any other speak, predictions? Speak of learning how. No, hey, I think we're good. Hey, we speak of learning how as we do all the time. Okay, rap, okay, you go first, go. Rap, rapid, rapid fire. Lightning round. You want me to go Lightning first? Round. Go. Uh, I, I think Bitcoin's gonna break six figures next year. I know that. Okay. Um, I think if that's the case, then I think uh, Grandpa's gonna ask you about a miner. I think I think if Bitcoin is going to break six figures, then 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 you're you know you you know royally used grandpa is going to say maybe I should put one in the shed. Like I think that's going to happen. Okay, go. Okay, uh, I think in in Q1 and Q2 there's going to be a surplus of goods because the backlog of goods is going to get into um, into distribution. And you're going to see a whole more more after Christmas sales than usual, um, because the companies don't want to maintain paying for uh, having the inventory stored. Then I think um, the use of personal storage spaces is going to also accelerate because oh, I'm going to start <coughs> I'm going to start buying for uh, birthdays and holidays for the coming year and just storing it myself because the consumer also knows that they can't rely on stuff being available anymore. So people are going to start not really hoarding as much as um, like archiving goods, like creating their own mini stores, storehouses and, and pantries and, and backlogs of stuff. So if you're in the home store, me to the the personal storage business, there you go. Yes. I think that people are going to start learning more self-sustainability type uh, skill sets, gardening, beekeeping, canning, um, that type of stuff. Because yeah, paper one- making. They, they, sure. Yeah. I don't know about that, but sure. Uh, one, we just talked about the restaurant stuff Two, yeah. we know supply chain stuff is an issue. Three people are going to have to learn. They're going to be forced to learn how to become more of planners mm -hmm. and somewhat like preparers. I don't want to say they're preparers like the preppers, but they're going to yeah, have yeah, to yeah. start learning some of those skills. Yes. And therefore, yes. And the, because because the reliability of two-day Amazon is 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 pretty much sunk at least for the next like you said probably two quarters, so therefore I'm going to have to yeah I'm going to have to learn to plan ahead slash buy ahead and stock up you know and all of yeah all that advanced planning that we've basically so it's a flip on that like I can get data very easily but I can't get stuff right so it's easy yep. to get money it's not easy to get stuff I think is going to be the next thing and therefore how do I invest my money wisely in the things I can get now and how can I turn that into the things I really need? Which leads me to the next thing. Transportation of goods, you're going to start mm -hmm. seeing more autonomous vehicles on the road, specifically in shipping and distribution. You're going to need to because otherwise we're not going to be able to move the stuff around that we're trying to, that we're trying to move. Uh, which also might there, I don't know, I might, I'm seeing a, okay, a pro what do I want? Like mini truck drivers, like, like truck driver as solopreneur effort, where me and my van are now not for Amazon, but like literally like part of a logistics supply chain where I'm, I'm micro couriers stuff. Yeah. Like couriers, like, like, like couriers? A courier, but like, yeah, courier, but like up at the, at the supply chain level where like the van is backing up to the distribution dock because it's got the next load. 
right? And it's it's like it's like it's like Uber for for logistics drivers. And if that's so, not so a, a little thing, more, yeah, spoke came up with it. Yeah, but and and but down down to the consumer level is a way for me to use again use my my micro economy vehicle to uh, to be a part of that supply chain because I I can I can drive my own vehicle but I can't drive a truck. So how do we take the big thing and break it down into the smaller things and move them independently? Similar to my whole take the big job and break it down into smaller jobs model. We, I, whatever that the, the the microing of things there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The microing of the macro. There's my there's my big trend. So more local. Like you're definitely more, be more local. local. Yeah, it's interesting. Though. It's yeah. yeah, more local, but on that local is part of a global. Like I'm I it's like the Uber driver is local, but he's part of a global, right? So that but in, in new areas. Okay. I, I foresee you being on the metaverse by the end of next year. I, I see me claiming my username. How about that? Like I, 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 I tend to do that just because it's wise, but um, I don't know that you'll, uh, I'll, I don't know that I'll have a recognizable presence. We'll see. If, if, if you're right, that'll be fascinating. And I won't tell you, I won't not do it just to prove you wrong. I promise. Yeah, right. No, yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> how do I, how do I, no, fingers crossed is for hoping, not for, not for telling the truth. I got to, no, here, there, there. Yeah, now. right. Which one is it? Is it this one? Boy Scout, yeah. Boy Scout. On yeah, my honor, yeah. on my honor. Oh, well. I, I do promise. Um, okay, Elizabeth, you want to get in on rapid fire predictions? I'm sure you got one lurking in the wings. I was going to say, I'm going to have my own personal prediction that I'm going to watch at least one of the Star Wars movies by the end of 2022. At least one by the end of the next 12 months? At least one. Wow. That, that means, wow. That going means out he's going to watch episode one. Going out Probably. on a limb. Wow, what a wild prediction. Thank you. Leave it, leave, leave it to our producer to come in on the clinch and really just, you know, put us to shame. <laughs> I predict that Elizabeth's going to get better predictions. <laughs> Probably not, but we'll see. All right. Um, I, I nice job, everybody. This that was this was a very nice nice way to wrap out the year. Yeah. So that means that hey, next week, friends. Uh, since Michael's taking a couple weeks off, which is good, he's spending some more time with his family. Um, you may just get me next week doing something. So, oh. but we'll see. To be determined because it's the holiday season. Yeah. We might take a week off. We'll see. Tune in next week for To Be Determined. There you go. That's right. All right. Let's close it out, folks. Thank you for joining us for another episode. Thank you for joining us for this year of Sketchy Ideas. We are, uh, this was episode 74. We've been at this a while and we've been, we've been enjoying it. And we hope that you have too. Um, if you have, please tell us. And tell your friends. And if no, how's this go? If you enjoyed this, tell your friends. If you haven't, tell us. And tune in next week for uh, TBD, which sounds like fun to me. Um, and we'll see you again for sure as we come into 2022. And we'll see if all of our predictions come true. Thank you for being with us, Brad. Thank you, Cream City and Elizabeth and the whole team that makes this show happen. We sincerely appreciate all of your efforts. We literally wouldn't be doing it without you, just, just flat out. We would not be doing this um, if you were not helping us make it happen. Right. So thank you. Um, and if you want to send us any ideas or send us your own predictions, you can reach us at info at sketchyideasshow.com. And one of our producers will um, probably get back to you at some point. 
because Elizabeth deserves some time off also. We will see you, if not next week, we'll see you in the new year. And remember, just because it's a sketchy idea doesn't mean it's not worth exploring. Take care, everybody. Thanks for a great year. We'll see you next time.